The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying I'll give you one more minute I want you to thank the Lord for specific things, not, not what you're used to, not generic stuff. Okay, thank you for life, thank you for today. No, be specific. Think of how many you can give in 60 seconds. Just say thank you for things you normally don't thank God for. If you think the Holy Spirit will help you, tell him I thank you that my legs work normally. I can run. There are those that can walk but cannot run. Thank you that my lungs function normally. There are people that can't breathe without help. Father, I'm grateful that I can chew on food with my teeth. I am not fed through a tube. Father, I am grateful that I'm educated. There are those that have never read a word. Father, we appreciate you for hair on our heads. There are those who have lost it all. Father, I'm thankful for the ability to comprehend speech, that I can speak English. Thank him specifically for things you take for granted. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want to thank God for our nation. <laughs> On Monday, an earthquake occurred in Turkey and Syria. Almost 30,000 people have been found so far. It happened at once. You understand when I said 30,000 people? So take all the different people you think Boko Haram has killed, all. You understand? You know, I think normally, even though it seems different, but I understand spiritual things enough to know that whether God kills you slowly over a 40 year period, whether he does it at once, that is there. So they may have spread out your debts over 10 years. And you can shout and scream and say everything you say. And another set of people go through that at once. Whole households just wiped out. It's approaching 30,000. The number of people that died on Monday 
at once. Now, how the account is as they bring out the dead bodies, okay? But since these dead bodies are under endless massive story buildings and all of that, <coughs> they keep pulling out, keep pulling out, they keep pulling out. That's a country like your country. Sometime last year or two, we had, sometimes we played the videos here, and you saw fires burning in Australia. You saw floods sweeping away 200, 300-year-old buildings in Germany, killing. We've seen all sorts of things that the average person is totally unaware of. And while you grumble and mumble and compare your country to everywhere else, in the process, you fill up Satan's bowl of power to use and call for greater judgments on us. Don't do that. You praise God. Anyone can say, okay, I'm thinking of what to praise God for. Like we just did and just praise God for yourself. You must praise God for your nation. You're walking around. You got up this morning with a plan to come here. Those guys are having winter. The cold is unbe unbelievable. In the midst of that, they had an earthquake. Whole family is wiped out. They put a, a baby out of a woman's womb. She died. They delivered the baby with the placenta. They extracted it. A woman, another one had the baby in the earthquake. Okay, I think, I don't know if it's the same one, but the baby came out. As the earthquake happened, she gave birth in the middle of that. While you may say, oh, the hospital doesn't have facilities as it should. Yes, but there's a hospital and the people looking at you, however they treated you, you saw something. There's always something to give praise for. Always, that's the point. There is always something to give praise for. Endless numbers of things. You can wake up and say, tomorrow we will see. There are places where you can't see. You can't make plans like that. It's not possible. There's every kind of trouble. You might say the weather is hot. There are places where it's not hot. It's burning. And it really doesn't matter what side of the world. If you read in the scriptures, the scriptures tell you this. That when the Lord brings judgment, he might bring it through sword. That would be guns today. Or he might bring it through plague. That's disease. In China, they are dying. Do you know COVID is raging through China and has been raging through for months? That people are dying in massive numbers as we are speaking of COVID. Who is aware? Have been dying for months now. Now, they are dying now, not that they died when COVID was spoken about in China. Now, because they like to cover up, but I saw a video, some videos. If you see the number of coffins, if you see the body bags, and that's many weeks ago, one month ago. So. The point is, great disasters are happening everywhere. While you focus on your own problems, and shouts and keep saying things like there's no country like this country and keep cursing and saying stupid things. Far worse things are happening to people at the same time. Now the scriptures would tell you that this can be a source of death. Gunmen, unknown bandits or whatever. People that shoot people dead or kidnap them. That's a form of death. COVID, plagues, disease is a form of death. It's still death. Sometimes it says wild animals. And that would include 
the influence of things you can't see. The animals big and small. And natural disasters. I showed you some last year or two. People cutting leather, the thing they used to make sandals, and boiling in Madagascar, in Sri Lanka. Poverty at a level your mind cannot think of because you've never seen anything like it. It's happening in this same world. Locusts ravage people's farms, massive farms. <laughs> I mean the locust of the Bible. That was happening last the other day. At the same time, we even saw, I mean, the three things in the Bible, one after another, was happening at the same time in different countries. On national scale, we have not gone through some of these things. We've gone through some. But what we've gone through compared to what others, you won't hear because you're probably not attuned to such news. And it's not that I am, but once in a while I hear a little. You won't hear that maybe last yesterday or a few days ago, someone took a gun again and opened fire and killed many people in America, like they normally do. They do it so many times, you can't even keep count. I mean, that thing that happens once uh, on the train tracks and you guys shout like this thing. It happens steadily in the United States of America. Steadily. Almost every week or two or three, someone takes a gun and kills many people, just opens fire, shoots them. Do you hear it? Do you know that? One will happen, one in six months. What You guys will scream, shout, scream, say, ah, government, go. In America that you, you and your family are trying to go to, it happens steadily. Someone takes a car and drives through and drives over 20-something people. Why? I felt like doing it. Couldn't they stop him? Listen to me. Um, why, why did I stop to explain this? Because you need to motivate Nigerians to thank God for Nigeria. They don't see why they should. They, they have no understanding of why they should. Whatever we experience, others are experiencing far worse. When fires would burn through a town in two days, two towns, wipe it down to the ground in America, wipe it, a, a hold a town, just burn everything from the bush, just burn and burn and burn. They have to be flying water to pour. Some they'll tell you, don't worry, by tomorrow we'll put it out. Some burn for months. Imagine fires burning for three months in America, they can't quench it. The same fire, I know there's someone that's going to be thinking, no, I think he's exaggerating. Anything I say, you can check it on the internet, it's easy, fine. How is that possible? How can they not control their fire? They couldn't. The most advanced country in the world cannot control it. God allows different things to bring, sometimes, many times actually, even though Christians will not agree, judgment on peoples. Every time I think of our nation, I say, thank you, Lord. 
Because if I'm to pause and ask you, what's the kind of judgment Nigerians deserve? Did I mention your president or government? I don't, I'm not mentioning them at all. Thank God for them. God bless them. I'm talking about you guys, you and your parents and your grandparents and your uncles and aunties. The amount of criminality that resides in Nigerians for how long? How long have we been criminals? How long have we been known for corruption at the, at, at the most incredible level? What made us think that we don't deserve to be judged? Doesn't the Bible say that sin is to be judged? What has happened to judge you? It's why you complain about things. If you understood what you deserve and how you have not received it, you wouldn't complain about anything. Corruption at every level. Which level is it not? When primary school children cheat in exams, can uncover their tie and write answers. Seven year, eight year olds. Parents teach them to do that. Criminality on, on, on a national scale. Something that is free before you finish getting it. You have spent 5,200 naira. It's free, officially. All the different people that need to be settled. Those people, this Sunday, many of them are in church gatherings, seated. They will drop offering from stolen money. Do you know the Bible says you shouldn't put stolen money as an offering? Do you even understand? Nigerians have no clue of the scriptures. It's because they don't know the Bible. It's why you blame government for things. When what you deserve, the judgment we deserve, as a people should have wiped us out since God says when people do things that he will judge them I'm explaining why when I think of our nation I say thank you Lord and I usually say with fear that he may now say okay don't do Nigeria's time for flogging don't do uh, let me flog because who do you hear do you hear Nigerians go oh God we are sorry sorry for our sins when do Nigerians ever, who has been in a meeting where Nigerians gather to say, we are sorry for our continued sinfulness? Is it churches? I don't even want to go there. Is it deception? At what level are we not worthy of judgment? Then the slightest thing that happens, you blame. Don't you know what happens to someone who never agrees that they are guilty? You can never be forgiven. You don't forgive on acknowledged sin. For sin to be forgiven, it must be acknowledged. Lord, we are guilty. Nigerians don't say we are guilty. They blame government. There's no guilt. They say it with 100% self-righteousness. God will deliver us. God will deliver us. God deliver us from this course of leaders. Which leaders? God will deliver us from you. Because the, the wickedness, this, I'm not even talking about family level wickedness. Oppression. People doing harm to people consistently, stealing steadily. I heard one of our brothers, one of our brothers here, carelessly, I would say, don't do careless things. Bought a brand new bicycle, borrowed some money, bought a brand new bicycle. Brought it here last week or so. And before the meeting was over, it was stolen. 
I've been in places and I'm saying that I'm remembering. I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere on Ecuador. So I think it was. Or was it also here? And someone brought a motorcycle. In a on a full daylight, calmly. Some of them move it. Some of them move things. People you see walking on the road. So all around are thieves. All around are rogues. Then lying is not a matter. Who doesn't lie? Lying is just a day-to-day. -day. Like breathing. Immorality? What? There's nothing we don't do. Don't we know every single one of those things deserve judgment? Because the scriptures says judgment comes on people. So there's an attitude. They are teaching in some United uh, States schools, American schools, some districts, some places. They are teaching pornography to the children. Drawings, graphic, they draw it. They draw it, people on top of people, having sex. That is for uh, primary three, primary four children. It's a school book. These are the school books they are put in the hands of children. I mean, more, picture a comic book. Uh -huh. That is... The, <laughs> Drawings throughout. They call it sex education. For seven, eight-year-olds. These are the official books. Parents are screaming. It's like madness. But there's an angle to it. If I'm talking to an American, I would tell me. When you were planting immorality all around in your dressing... In all your the different things you did, what do you think will come out of the ground? You plant immorality. What do you think will grow out? The seed of immorality. When you plant lying, what do you think should come out? When you say uh, this government they know how to lie, uh, lie, Mohammed. From what dimension are you talking? You that doesn't tell lies. Remember something, I always tell people, with the measure you measure out on people in judgment, in the same way it will be measured to you. Do you know that God said so? If you think Jesus forgot what he said, you are greatly mistaken. When you measure out stealing, whether it's from your mother's purse, or whether it's from an association that you joined as treasurer or secretary or president in a small university year two three and the total dues is 780,000 naira and you sit down and share it officially and use about 250, 250 to 300,000 to do the thing and share out the other one 50, 50,000 is that what you were elected into there? are you allowed to do that? when you did it what do you think? There's a craziness in the mind of Christians that is so crazy to me that I keep, I, wherever I can, I love Christians, but hi, I can't endure so many of them. They are exactly like the Jews of the time of the apostles. So unrighteous, Romans 2.
He said, you that tells others not to steal, do you steal? Have you read that in Romans 2? You that tells others not to, do you do, do you do the things you speak against? Then why do you speak against it? Me, who by the grace of God, and many here, who do not do those things, we are not cursing the leaders. We who have sought to live righteously and holy lives. Then you that is as guilty as they come. You are the one constantly speaking loudly. You are increasing your judgment. Increasing your judgment. Increasing your judgment. I'm giving you reason to give thanks. Are you understanding? Yes, sir. What am I giving thanks for? That the judgment we deserve has not come. Oh, it's not now you deserve it. Not now you deserve it. The judgment we deserve. When you sow nepotism, tribalism, when every second you have, you step away and say, don't mind them. Don't mind them. That's what you good people do. Don't mind them. That's what you bad people do. No, every chance you have, you use tribal lines to divide. Every chance you have, as young as you are. Every chance. Not you guys, though. You have heard the word of God. They said they name you people. That we don't know what they know yet. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? Normal, normal. They, every, you're in the same association. You're going to say, same. I just step away. See, all wrong people. See, let me tell you. Hey, kept people. See, see, Anna. At every level, you look for a reason to create division. When you were sowing division and sectarianism, uh, what did you expect back? On what basis are you judging other tribes and different when you are exactly like that or worse? Those of us that have been a bit more exposed know that if you have worked with people from other tribes and some of that, there are many times when you get in contact with them, they are not anything like what you've even heard. I don't know how many of you have had the chance here yeah, being around and seeing people who have a, 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 a boss who is a not or this or that. You realize that it's not, it's not the way they said it. Though. Who has ever come across? Ah, it's not the way they said it. This man is kinder than any uh, person from your side you have ever met. Nice, friendly. Ask. But you have spread. What am I saying? You are even probably far worse than the things you judge. And all these things about the bad, bad things we have done, I am saying for one reason. We deserve very serious judgment, severe flogging like this from the God of heaven. Question. Apart from these small troubles we suffer, where's the flogging? Where's the flogging? You don't realize it has not landed. Me, I do. So I'm thankful for every day of peace we have. You understand me? Oh, I'm grateful for every time I think about us, our nation, our people, especially Christians, the church of God, the hypocrisy. I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. But I, it's almost with bated breath, like, oh, God, oh, God. Well, because if the judgment is not coming small, small, here and there, here and there, here and there, that means it can come all at once. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It can come all at once. Bah! Every time you stole someone's school fees, how do you steal it? Oh, you didn't steal one person's own. Some of your relatives, oh, that one, they stole 10,000 people's school fees. How? When they signed that, that uh, 13 million into the account, that time, that money was to go towards. Who will know? Who knows? The few people involved know. God knows. Satan knows. They'll sign it out. It's gone. Families suffer one by one. Those same people come across them. You hear them. Oh, this government. Useless government. Useless government. Useless government. Sign away your pension. Sign away people's pension. Just doing all sorts of things. But some of those things are judgments in themselves. Yes. Oh, that principle. Every time you oppress someone, every time you took school money and did all sorts of things and oppressed those students, it's time for your pension, be? Does it ever occur to you that your gratuity and pension has been taken as judgment to you? No, 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 we never think like that. You spend all the time crossing the government instead of kneeling down and saying, God, forgive me for the wickedness I did over my 40 years as a principal, as a teacher principal. All the students are pressed over all the years. Who has come across a wicked teacher and school leader and all that? Does it ever occur to you that there's a God in heaven that may judge them for all the wickedness they did? Does it ever occur to them that they are being judged for the wickedness they did? How many of you have ever heard any comment and say, I just want to confess that on my years I used to oppress students, I used to do this, and I'm asking God to forgive me. Church, please pray for me. No, what do they do? You know, God punishes government. God punishes government. Imagine after my years of service, don't say service only, and oppression. Of poor students. Does it occur? Mm, we don't think like that. We have a God who does not judge. He only blesses. I gave that illustration. So as you're about, it's Thanksgiving, we are giving up. But you cannot give thanks till you see what we received. Oh, yes. When, till you understand, do you know they almost killed me? Do you know I almost lost my foot in an accident? Do you know that car almost hit me? 
That's what makes you want to give thanks. I'm trying to make you give thanks properly. Understand that nothing has happened to us. What has happened to you and your family? What? Nothing has happened to you yet. Based on what you deserve. Do you think you can thank God now properly? Yeah. I want you to thank God for that. Listen, think of specific things. Think of specific things. I'm robbery used to be very normal. People are still robbing on the streets, doing this and doing that. Nobody except in heaven and maybe Satan has a clue to knows or understands that the person they shoot on the road between Ogoni and Patakot, I'm robbers around 7 p.m. at night. Nobody connects that the boy that is the leader of that gang of thieves was sent out of school by the grandfather of the person who is shot. Nobody connects it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody ever connects it. Like, oh, this one, the this one's great grandfather, uh, grandfather of this, and then the guy ended up not going to school. So his student grew up to be crooks, and now this guy is a gang leader, and they robbed, and it's the great grandfather. It's, when, it's only the Bible that can explain those things to you. And when we stand at the door, then God will show you things, and you put your hand on your head, and you remember every time you say, God, why? All you be doing is God, mm, 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 I didn't say anything. <laughs> when you see why things happen, because we don't think like God, we think how we want and how people around us tell us the thing. Things don't work how we want. This world is a spiritual place. You heard that story about a policeman that said he stood in a place and robbed someone and shot the person. They were in a car and they drove past that place. I, I can't remember the story properly, but the man started crying. And someone said, Why are you crying? He said, Oh, this way they killed my only son. And then the man told the story of how he had stood there with another policeman and robbed someone about 20 years before at that same spot. I don't know if they shot the person dead and stole the money or something, but they did something very terrible. And about 20 years later, his son is driving past. He get it's on that spot. So on the spot he stood and robbed. That's the spot they stood and killed his son. That one, nobody needed to interpret it for him. He understood it perfectly. How many people open up and tell why what happened? We don't. We look for who to blame. We want to thank God that we have not re received as a nation what we deserve. Are you understanding? We have not. We haven't received as a nation what we deserve. At all. So, thank God that you can walk on the streets. Money is hard to find, but you're still eating. You wear nice clothes. Come out. There's electricity. Open your mouth and thank God for a nation. All around, just be saying thank you. Hey, you have not given us according to what we deserve. Thank you for deliverance and for mercy. Can walk on the streets. We can hear the word of the Lord. We can have friendship. Use our time. Update our love. We're grateful for family. We're grateful that we see you. We've not, Lord, been judged. Lord God, as we deserve. Father, we give you all the praise.
grateful father blessed be your name can everyone lift your hands wherever they are father we are standing on behalf of the church of god in nigeria to say thank you, thank you we are standing on behalf of nigerians to say thank you thank you, thank you for showing us mercy thank you, thank you for forgiving us for our sins thank you father your word says in ezra nine thirteen. After all that has come upon us because of our evil deeds and our great guilt, though you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us such a remnant as this. Lord, you've given us this amount of national peace in spite of our great guilt. Countries that have done far less evil generally have descended into civil war have scattered sometimes they fought civil war for decades in spite of the constant hypocrisy and falsehood and wickedness you have shown us such mercy we are thankful for your mercy Thank you that people can still plan, can still travel, that people can still eat, that people still have access to 
a lot of what is called normalcy. That when we go through seasons of troubles, they usually last for a short while and do not descend into absolute chaos. Thank you that you have shown us kindness. Thank you that our nation still has leadership, hasn't been overrun by gang lords. Thank you, Father God. Blessed be your name. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we do ask that you receive the praise. In every form and any form it goes up, even this morning around this land. Amen. Please convert the praise that's given into appreciation for our land. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name you, this morning as I help us maximize it. Amen. Let your spirit rest upon us. Amen. Speak to us. Amen. Open eyes, ears, hearts, and mouths. Amen. Let deliverance resound. Amen. Walk in us to will and do your good pleasure. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may have your seats. Welcome to this Sunday morning and another opportunity to gather to God's people. I believe that it's supremely important that you understand why God wants his people to gather. And I've often spoken about it. You do not gather as a social function only. It's part of why we gather. It's a form of breaking of bread. When people come together, they come together to study the word of the Lord, to pray with each other to offer the sacrifice of praise. And I've, I've shared very many sermons on why the church exists. There's a series called The Church of God. If you go on our website or on our YouTube channel, God Light House, <coughs> you'll see or glh.g-lh.org. <coughs> I would encourage everyone listening or seated here to do their utmost to listen to these sermons on The Church of God. Why? When you don't understand the purpose of the thing, the proper use of the thing, it's normally said abuse is inevitable. Okay? You're going to abuse that thing because you don't know what it's for. It's important that you know what things are for. Every single one of us has a purpose. And everything else in life has a purpose. The fans over your head have the purpose of cooling you, keeping you cool. The floor you're standing on which you may not recognize, bears you up, provides a surface for you to keep a chair and sit on it. The chair, of course, helps you have some form of repose as opposed to having to stand throughout. It relieves you of the stress on your legs. Your legs themselves have, a, have the purpose of carrying you and enabling you to locomote, move from one spot to the other. There are people without legs. They use their hands to move. The hands are not for walking, but people without legs have to use it. The hands help you carry things. 
to help you move things. But let's move you. Everything has a purpose. Lose any of them. It's purpose. On those hands are fingers. Lose one of those hands. You have only one hand. Any of those fingers, you have limited fingers. No more ten as you should. And it will limit your ability to grasp, to punch, to pick up certain things. Everything has a purpose. And you must ask yourself, am I making use of what God has given me? We all have been given certain things by the Lord. The more we identify what those things are and maximize them, the wiser we are as a people. The less you recognize what you've been given. The less you see what you've been given, which grumbling and complaining will often do, the less you benefit, the less you make use. It's important we take stock of what how does the psalmist say? Count your blessings, name them one by one. It's actually said that you should count your blessings. When you identify what you have reason to be thankful for, you're able to use it more. Oh, I thank you so much for this microphone. It helps me protect my voice. Other than that, I have to be shouting like I'm having a, quite a bit of a sore throat and uh, some form of cold this morning. I will need to raise my voice constantly to cost me more and more pain. But the things you have, if you learn to use them properly, makes your life easier. If you don't understand what the church of God is for, you can't use it properly. Because you don't even know what it's for. The church of God is supposed to bring you great relief. The church of God is supposed to be like a womb and like a mother. That, those are the scriptural pictures for the church. The church is a mother. Just like a human mother tends to the family's well-being. Feeds it. Provides its needs. Some years ago I shared on Proverbs 31. From purely the spiritual dimension. I'm just recalling that now. Purely the spiritual dimension. You do understand that Ephesians chapter 5 tells you. Let's read Ephesians chapter 5. You read it from verse 24. And uh, just read a few verses. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. So the picture here is of the church. The church is the picture of Christ and his wife. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The same thing. It's a picture. He gave up himself to do what for the church? To sanctify her. That means to set her apart. The word sanctify is the word holy. To set her apart. To separate her from all the other women. Picture Esther, the book of Esther. You know, all of the Bible is telling you the same story. Jesus told it to the people that came to him one time. He said, search the scriptures. It talks about me. So all of scriptures from Genesis to Revelation is talking about the Lord Jesus. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. By him were all things made. Without him was nothing made that was made. So we can know that Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created. John 1, the word created. Nothing has been created that was not created by him. So Genesis 1 starts with the Lord Jesus. And the very last book in the arrangements, and probably in time, literally, amongst the canon, the books of the scripture, is the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. You call it the book of revelations. It's the book is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants. So it's all about Jesus from beginning to end. Picture a library. Who knows what's called a bookend? Have you seen some in schools or um, state libraries and all that? You see books, then there's one metallic thing at this side. There's something holding the books. I don't mean as part of the shelf. Something else, like shape like an L. Bookends, those things that hold books. Jesus is like that. Everything in between, all those books between, are speaking of him. You know, these are 66 books. It's not a book. 66 books. It's all about him. Now, this one whom it is all about says that he gave himself to set apart. So Esther is also about him. I don't understand. Ruth is about him. Maybe some year God will allow us. And we talk about it's all about him. Everything is telling you about Jesus. Every book, some aspect of his character is emphasized. Some aspect of his character. 
I don't want to do it. Okay, but you can think it through. Genesis, he begins things. He begins multiple things. It's him, the author, the beginner of your faith, of our faith, of everything there is. Exodus will show him as the one who delivers, the one who takes us on the journey. Leviticus tells you how to be set apart. You should maybe just read generally. Because you, why do people not read the book of Leviticus? It's ignorance. It's why preachers will stand and say, no, the Old Testament of... Let me be kind. Just terrible ignorance. Jesus said, said the scripture, they speak of me. You say it's irrelevant. How can you say anything about Jesus? It's irrelevant. Leviticus tells you in so many places how to be holy, how to be distinct, how to be separate, how to be holy. The intricacies. Don't do this one. Do this. Don't do this. When you are doing this, this is how you do it. It sets apart people. How can the church be sanctified without Leviticus? They can't. That is why the church is so messed up. They don't understand. They have not received. They all they are getting. Of everything, money, purported wisdom, they forgot to get understanding. They did not get what the Father provided in the scriptures. He tells you over and over again, be ye holy as I am holy. That's not if you like. Be separate. Be set apart as I am set apart. I am distinct from all. I talked some weeks ago about the word only begotten son, the monogenes, and I showed you it's a wrong translation. It's the only unique son. We saw in scripture that there are other sons of God. Bene, ha, Elohim. It's all over the Bible. But Jesus is the unique, distinct, sui generis, one of a kind son of God. That's what the Bible says. The translators tried, but they didn't have the source material available today. And as more documents have been found from that time, they've seen all oh, they thoughts. It meant only begotten. But how could he be the only begotten? When I showed you how, please go listen to the message. What's it called? The mystery of the only begotten. Listen to it. So I don't repeat myself. Yeah, but you saw how Abraham, Isaac was referred to as the only begotten. They used the same word, only begotten. That I showed you that Abraham had six other sons. So how could he be the only begotten? Seven other sons after. If you add Ishmael. Then God referred to Isaac as your only son. But there was already Israel. Then after Sarah died, he married Keturah and had six more. That proves, even from the Bible, minus the fact that the word, the accuracy of the word has been uh, confirmed. So this is a quick thing for those who use strong, they just conquer that. They tried. But something written in the 1800s cannot be the same as something written later. Source material, okay? You have to understand the access. When you source material, they, they look for ancient documents. Look at what did this word mean? And they try to, okay, so this means this. That's how the Bible is translated. They look for other documents, writings of everyone from Cicero to Abiscotto to Plato. And you look, and you look, and you say, how... The only way you can know what they meant and translate it to English is by looking at how it was used. So the more material you find, it's okay, this one. And the same way words change meaning over time. It depends on which, when the material comes from. If you're using material that was written 1,000 years before Jesus was born or 1,000 years after, the meaning of the word may have changed. You know some English words that have changed meaning over time? I've spoken on this a lot of times. Gay. When I was a child, to be gay meant to be a happy person. To be queer meant to be weird, funny, strange. Had nothing to do with sexuality. You can't use any of those words now. I was just a child, just 30 something years ago. Normal words. I'll show you how the word silly did not mean what it means. Now, so many words. So words morph. When you look at the etymology of words, where words are coming from, words are changing in meaning. That too affected Bible translators. It affects the matter of many ministry. Oh, a woman should not use all these things. The way word is used. You don't just say, no, no, look at how it's written here. See, see, read. Have you seen? You're talking as though they wrote it in English and dropped for you. No, they wrote it in Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. And people like you sat down and said, uh, what do you think this word? Aeonos means. Someone said, it means eternal. Eternal. Change everybody's understanding permanently for thousands of years. Now they made a mistake. That mistake is everybody's mistake. That's the power of translation. Very important. So it does matter. They've done a very good job all over. But I think God allows some things to be hidden and revealed at certain times because of, because of different reasons. Now, <clears throat> I was saying that if you do not know the Lord Jesus as the one who sanctifies, he says he sanctifies the church. He sets her apart. Sanctify. I like to talk about it because people often think the word sanctify or to be holy means to be... And it has an element of being clean. 
But that's not the primary meaning. By it's being set separate, it helps you stay clean. I agree. But cleansing is also another thing he does as a separate thing. Worship. You are washed. Is a thing. Then there is being set apart. After you finish whacking a child, picture it. Then you dress it up and pick it up. Don't let it walk on the ground and drop him on top of the bed. Or say, take this child to the car. Don't let him play with the other children. I'm going out with this one. We are going to the hospital. We are going to school. I'm taking him to go and visit his grandparents. Before that, they were 12 children playing, running after each other, throwing sand, playing. To sanctify means to set apart. They call the name of that one. Yeah, bring Lucius. Hmm? Get him ready. What is that whole process is called that sanctification. Do you understand? It's not that the other people are evil per se. Do you understand? It's the process of distinguishing this one. The different things they may go through all contribute to the sanctification process. And it's not an instant thing. It's not just picking Lucius out of the crowd of children. Lucius, come here. Eh, come here, come, come here. That process being undergone from the picking out to the taking away, the journey from there inside the house upstairs to the undressing to the saying, sit, poop, sit on the toilet, sit on your party. We are going to go and see grandma. To the things you are telling him, all of that is the process. Are you following? To the putting him in the bathroom, getting sponge, washing him, bathing him, rubbing oil on his head, doing whatever, picking a cloth. Sanctification is a process. It is unlike justification. Justification is the choosing. Sanctification is a process. Justification in Jesus is instant. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Will you acknowledge him as Savior? Will you agree that you are a sinner and you need forgiveness? That all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory and we deserve judgment. Yes, I, I know. Nobody needs to tell me I'm a bad. The things I've done. Do you agree that Jesus can wash it away? Can he? Yes. He can wash away your sins as far as the east from the west. You can be like someone that had never sinned before. That's what Jesus came to do. That was the assignment the Father gave him to come and make justification available to all. Through one man, Romans chapter 5. All are justified. One man, verse 18. Through one man. So then, just as one trespass brought condemnation for all men, so also one act of righteousness brought justification and life for all men. One act of righteousness brought justification and life for all men. The actions of the Lord Jesus made justification available for all men. But justification is stage one. Unfortunately, most people think justification is all. It is not. Justification is what made them pick Lucius. But better still, justification is what made the gates to be open and all those children were allowed to come inside the compound and play. And they give them snacks and all of that. Justification is the acceptance that brought you in. Justification is when you your spirit is saved. It is what if you are not born again, you must acquire. You must come and agree. Sinner I am. Sinner at the door. Sinner coming to the way. His name is Jesus. Please accept me. The act of believing that you can be accepted in spite of how evil you are is what gives you justification. Romans 10 tells you this. If you believe, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. From verse 9, you will be saved if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Why many people cannot receive this is they don't believe it. You may have been born in church. You can't be inside. You're like, well, Jesus is Lord. I know now Jesus is Savior. Have you believed he can save you? 
till you believe it and then go through this simple process of acknowledging i believe and i want to be saved to be saved you must come in through the door john 10 says i am the door through me you go and find pastor so coming through the door you must come to the door say the password jesus is lord that means jesus is oga jesus is the boss jesus is master jesus is the one who has the right over me not you you don't have right over you why most people are not born again and will go to the lake of fire is till you lived and died you never agreed that jesus is boss you were boss till you died or someone else was your boss maybe some cult leader was your boss so you follow your cult capone to where he's going everybody you follow your father if you followed satan with your life you end up where he's going but if you said at some point jesus i want to follow you please accept me the door is open and you come in this is what it means to be born again you were born before we are seeing you 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 if you're not born i couldn't see you but you were born of flesh john chapter 3 verse 6 that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit you were born of flesh flesh and taught you your physical mother and your physical father came together and you popped out now to be born again is this time your father in heaven puts the sperma into and it is word the word first bit of okay done. it comes in into your heart like i'm talking now spores are going out the word in first place is spora the words are going out born of you can't play spora well you won't see spora you're going to see you're born of spiritual seed you're born of you know that's i think what verse 23 something for you have been born again not of perishable spora but of imperishable you know the word spores huh? spores uh, that come out from plants good but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of god how are you born through the living word as the words come and rest in your heart the process of growth commences which is why wise people place themselves where the seed falls matthew 13 a sower went out to sow seed and some of it fell on a path that's what has happened to most people i know many people have heard about being born again they've heard about the word of god the seeds have come and they take their seed the words of god that come to them and they keep it on a path. You know where a path is? A path is where everyone passes. Why the seed on the path never survives is because people are stepping on it. How can it grow? It's not possible. People's legs kick it. You understand now? Who has seen a garden or a farm on a path before? It can't survive. Hmm? It grew. You don't grow. There's no garden on the path. There's no path, no road that people walk on that is also a farm, farmland producing fruit. Why do so many people 
Some of you even listening to me right now. Why have you tried to be born again so many times? It doesn't work. Because you're a foolish person. Let me just make the main point. I'll come back and rescue you. Don't worry. You're just stupid. Who, who plants on a road? They'll give you the word of God. You take it to where everybody passes through. Everybody. You don't understand. Farms are set aside. By the nature of a farm, it must not be a place people are walking on. Oh, who doesn't know what a farm is? By the nature of the word farm, where things grow, people don't walk on it. It's a portion set apart just to put seed and leave. Go and weed, leave. Pour water, leave. Come back, harvest. It's segregated. It's set apart. How can you be born again when from the day you got born again, you left the church meeting? Ah, guys, you went back home. Ah, guy, hey, 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 waiting a shell, waiting a shell, boy, you get, you crazy fellow. You have immediately taken the words that dropped on you and everybody would trample all over it. You have gone to the path of this world again. You have to get off the path for seed to survive. It cannot be kept on a thoroughfare. Are you understand? Yes, sir. Sister. But well, you're not my sister yet. You're not born again. But so I say, woman, lady, oh God, have sense in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to be born again. For once, be serious in your life. Let's presume you didn't know. You didn't know. You were a child. Foolish. Now you know. The day you say, I want to give my life to Christ, get ready to get off the path. Seed do not survive on paths. Get off the path. Let the seed fall on, I will show you where it must fall. But the last place you can keep seed to survive this path, it will be killed. The human beings walking did not expect someone with something they want to harvest to come here. Now here we they pass. Now road be this now. How you carry your newborn againism? Come, come here. Your bad friends, your, 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 your bad all sorts, male and female. Everything is intact. Hello? How far? Where are you? You are taking the seed to the path. When you want to get born again, you're going to have to live back. There's no two ways about it. Your friends will know instantly. Or they'll trample it to death. Broadcast message. I just want to inform all of you that I'm born again. I'm giving my life to Christ. You might not see me much for a while, but I'm, I'm wishing you guys the best. I hope you join me in this journey. God bless you. Block! <laughs> Maybe something will grow. How many born again people do such things? So next thing, your girlfriend sends you nudes. Your boyfriend sends you nudes. Your best friend invites you and you're feeling bored sitting in the house L let's just go and catch not flex just let's just drink i'll be i hear you don't born again now maybe drink coke now well you go drink coke me i'll drink let's see how they drink and you're like this is not really a problem <laughs> that's how you did the last 18 times you got born again you know you see it doesn't work you're too weak babies don't have enough strength to fight muscular men your friend is muscular in his life just like you were you are a baby you think you're grown up mm -mm. when you got born again not of the flesh. A small baby came out. You see this baby? Nobody takes a baby to a bath. You don't understand. Now you're responsible for a child. And you're acting like, no, no, no. I can handle it now. I'm my child. Yes. You're still taking your flesh man to measure yourself. Don't measure yourself after I give your life to Christ based on your flesh age. Measure yourself on your spiritual age. Your spirit, the small, remember the seed. Like the spermatozoa in the spirit that came as these words came to you. It went in and formed a zygote and grew and was growing and became a child. Typically, it's the church 
mother church that carried you, whether they came to preach to you where you were or you were in a meeting like this, it may have been your 14th meeting when you finally said, today I want to give my life to Christ. Whatever it is that happened, the process may have been quick or dragged out, but the point is a baby was born. That baby, child of God, needs to be tended like a baby. Now, nobody goes to a baby and says, baby, you know what to do. Everyone knows a baby does not know what to do. But what happens when this old man, the flesh you, carries the baby and runs away and nobody sees it again? Hello, where are you? I do. Why have you not come to church? Now, since you came out to give your life to Christ, we've not seen you. I'll come, I'll come. Just some things came up. You kidnapper. What came up? God had a new child. You ran away with it. You know God will judge you. You know the judgment on stealing, man stealing? It's capital punishment. You'll be put to death. Spiritual death will follow you. Yes, you'll go back. You'll be at like, forget all these stories about, oh, if you know you came and gave your life to Christ, even if it's once, even if you went back and became a Mauke, Anini number two. Of Nigeria. Who, who doesn't know Anini? What major criminal do you know? Evans. Who? Which major Nigerian criminal? Chekau. That's Boko Haram now. Mm-mm. Thief. Alright, so uh, Anini is the epitome of armed robbery for Nigeria. Okay, so let me bring you guys up to date. I won't charge you. Today. Okay? And there was nobody like him. The older generation. No. Anini. <laughs> well, like the Robin Hood. He still, and then sometimes he throw some of the money out for, for the people. So he was a thief that the people loved. <laughs> Robin Hood. He was a terrorist. <laughs> the guy was brutal. Don't be a kidnapper. Don't be Evans. Bilonia kidnapper. Have you heard me? Stop stealing God's children. Many of you are very guilty of this. Many hearing me now. You're very guilty. Every time I've stood here and in different places, very many times, so much so that... People come out together and I, I, and I gather and I say, listen, this decision, you can make it. Go back and think about it. Then maybe next week, if you really mean it, you want to give your life to Christ, come back. Okay? I only want to pray with those that are totally serious. And hereafter, you're going to do everything to help. And almost all of them will start. And I'm, I'm not saying on the microphone. I off the mic and say it. I pull them near and I say it to their hearing. Some in private, when I'm praying for people privately. Many times you don't see me do altar calls openly. I don't tell people, you want to give your life to cry openly. I do it in private, okay, when they're alone. I don't do things for sure. I do what matters. That's why you can see someone coming and take a long time. Because I'm leading them to Christ. And the Holy Spirit will tell me many times, this person is not born again. And I'll ask them, are you born again? They'll say no, 99% of the time, no. And I'll lead them to Christ. 
But why do I do that? Why do I seem to hesitate? Because I don't like kidnappers. And I can't count how many times I have finished doing that. And that's the last time you see that person. And I keep wondering, is it that you don't understand how serious this matter is? You just had a new, a new baby was given to you, a spiritual baby. Off you go. What do you expect to happen? So I often try to even allow the baby stay in, stay in your womb. Don't bring it out. And they have seen that they'll be crying. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me. That's the last time you see them. One of two weird responses. What some you I'll ask the people, there was especially people that I led to Christ. I'm impressed in them. Like, what about that guy? What about that girl? And they'll say they are not answering. After they answer the first time, it's like they block my number. What kind of clowning is that? Did you get born again or not? Then the second set of clowns are the ones that say, Oh no, no, no. I the post I hold in my church. Can I look at them? How could you even hold a post? You are not even born again. How do you even hold a post? In which church? How is that a church? Obviously, they don't care about spirit serving God. They don't believe John chapter 4 that says God is a spirit. And to worship him, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. That which is born of flesh is flesh. You are flesh. How could you have a spiritual post? No, where I come from? They have no care for such reasoning. They want numbers and members. If you are not born again, you cannot have a post. Resign immediately. You want God to really, really punish you? Let him just punish, not really, really. Do you understand? Yes, have sense. You know, once they want to post and teach unbelievers how to be unbelievers. So that's an example, okay? I love everybody. Christians, non Christians. Non Christians, listen to me. You know, I know I normally call this segment how to get God to punish you. But, and it's been a while since we had it. If you want God to punish you, believer, hmm? be an unbeliever, then pretend to be a believer. It's not three stokes they'll give you. Look, 12 tells you they'll be flooded. They said that there's those who flock small and those who flock thoroughly. You'll be flogged, so you want God to really deal with you. Hmm? Be an unspiritual person, be a physical, unsaved individual. Then go and serve in a spiritual role. Carry strange fire like the sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. Get ready for the lightning. Because he will deal with you. Or be a self-respecting unbeliever and avoid spiritual hope. Just be an unbeliever. Your flogging will be less, your punishment will be less. Okay? This is the time of signing up from how to get God to punish you. Now, back to the brethren. <laughs> Have sense, though. I know I said it in a humorous way, but I'm very serious. There's levels of punishment. I've always told you there's degrees. All, this, all these wrong things people say. You say things like, um, sin is sin. So it doesn't matter whether it's small. Like, all those are lies straight from darkness. What on earth do you mean? See, see, see even if you tell one similar lie like this, or even if you kill someone, it's the same. How stupid can you be? Have you read the same Bible? You know me. The Bible is very clear that there's different punishments for different sins. All of the Bible. Matthew said, I've quoted it today, the passage I read earlier. He said, we've not, been, we've not been punished according to what we deserve. There's what you deserve. There's less than what you deserve. And some people get more than they deserve. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 7, with the measure you measure, it will be measured back. For those who don't know what the measure is, a cup that used to measure Gary is a measure. A custard bowl is a measure. A mood is a measure. All those are measures. So when you read in your Bible, it says a measure. So anyway, I don't know what ideas you have in your head. You have a ruler. Mm -mm. It's, it's a container. It's something. This is a measure. There's a measure like this. A groundnut cup is a measure. Is this clear? Good. Jesus said, with the measure you measure, it will be measured back. Take Jesus seriously. Matthew 7 to 4, with the same judgment you pronounce, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I said this when we were praying for Nigeria. People, don't, people claim to be Christians. They don't read their Bibles. Oh, we are here to pray. Shut up and read your Bible so you know who you are praying to. You don't even know how he thinks. Have you ever been to court here before? Been to court before? We were there for the judge here, almost certainly. Did you see the lawyers when they got up to speak? And they went, uh, Emeka, sorry, Justice Emeka. See, this guy did not do it. Who has ever seen that? Who saw them dressed wearing white shirts only and black trousers in court? When a lawyer was on his feet. You see that? There's a proper term and procedure for every matter. How come we come to God how we like? If you're coming to God, 
The Bible says, he that comes to him. Huh? 12 verse 18. He that comes to him. Verse 6. Must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who approaches him must believe that he exists. First, you must believe. Anyone who does what? Whenever you're praying, are you approaching God? Do you understand that every single time you're about to pray, that you're about to approach God? Do you Have you seen in movies, American court uh, uh, style, you know, judicial style, and they say, uh, let the lawyers approach the bench. Do you see those lawyers? They step up near and the judge talks to them sometimes. Anyone who approaches the judge, our Lord, must believe, one, that he exists. That means as you're praying, you must believe that the one you're praying to exists because you can't see him with your eyes. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know what it means to do something earnestly? King James says diligently. To do something earnestly means to do it with all your heart. To do it with intentionality. Do you know what it means to be earnest? Ah, I'm very earnest in my pursuit of uh, um, anything. It could be hostel allocation. It could be a job. It could be anything. Ah, when you, the person says, you tell the person, it's like you're not doing this thing with earnestness. How many places have you applied to? It says about three. Well, I didn't submit the third one, but I've given two. You mean since I met you three weeks ago, it's only two places you submitted your application? Uh, you're not earnest. If you're earnest, I'm not saying you should do this. I, I don't believe in what I'm about to say now. You would have printed out 50 copies, photocopied in a neat place, folded and dropped at least 15 per day. That's earnestness. He that approaches God must approach earnestly with earnestness. There's a, a commitment, a diligence required. How do you prepare diligently to approach the Lord? Lawyers know it. They are going through books sometimes till 10 p.m. at night. They call them law books. Whether it is case law, whether it is statute law, they are opening. Uh, Madam, sorry, oh, you not live yet. Oh. Mm, you have to add this one, type this one. They are preparing processes. Pick. They will mark it. They will put a pencil from here to here. To type it in. This is the lawyer preparing his addresses. The things he's going to present to the court. He's flipping through books. He's carrying after all that. Because his wife has called and called. He carries books home. That is how to be earnest. How many people prepare like that to pray? Welcome brethren. Let's pray. That's why when you hear me leading prayers like I was doing when we want to praise God for Nigeria and you hear me stop and talk. I know there are some of you I've come across human beings. I've been in church for a long time. I'm not, I won't tell you to raise your hands. You stand and wonder. Pastor, do now let's pray. Let's not spend all the time talking. What do you know? You don't know anything. You don't rush and come. It's, nobody approaches a human judge who may even be corrupt like that. People prepare for weeks. People prepare for months to approach a judge sometimes to talk for 15 minutes. 
you want a watertight case you want to convince the court to award in your favor you dig up things when you can't find anything that seems to support your position you go international and bring similar matters in from other jurisdictions you even bring things that were not part of the judgment and you're saying the learned judge said obita things he said in uh, by the side you're borrowing this is how this is how they even change laws this is how the supreme court could have said something in the past and then time passes and he says something else because someone had the audacity to be earnest about winning his case that is why right now in certain instances even in Igbo culture women can inherit women can inherit from their father's property females I told you this before you think that has always been mm -mm. I think it's a whether it's 214 case it's not even long or 18 once the supreme court does it bam. now there are lawyers that may not know that so you go to a careless lawyer that is not earnest he will tell you madam there's nothing you can do that's he had collected consultation fee nothing which is why lawyers constantly have to study to know what's happening evolving so you can know your rights that is why the church of god was supposed to be taught constantly from every new thing you discover everything so there are two kinds of ways someone can approach god there are people that can approach god with knowledge my lord that's how the lawyers will talk to a judge someone that may be their junior i've seen people that were my juniors when i used to go to court years ago you know and i'm in court and the person is my junior they call me sir but you're standing in their court and they're on the bench my lord you didn't hear me when they see me outside they get papa they are bending like they are greeting me i'm like how are you how is your husband how are you they come to my house they like i am they respect me but in court there's nothing like i feel how are you you don't try it i know your mate not in court in their office are you understanding because you lack understanding that's why you come i'm coming to pray now daddy uh, no he's sitting as judge have sense in jesus name Amen. he's your father you don't come to court and say well i just want to say my pops is here you know we have a good relationship but the bailiff will remove you he's your popsy this is the judge sitting it is little children that don't know the distinction of time and place are you understanding for there's a proper time and procedure for every matter though a person may be weighed down by misery though the king's word since the king's word is supreme Ecclesiastes 8 who can say to him what are you doing whoever obeys his command 
will come to no harm and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure for there is a proper time and procedure for every matter though a person may be weighed down by misery listen even if you're miserable there's still a proper time and procedure. Are you understanding? You can't rush to the judge's house. Bag, 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 my lord. Bag, 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 my lord, it's me. My, my lord, my lord. They have taken the land. They have taken, they entered the land. I'm coming from the land now. There are four of them. They chased me with matches. Thank God I knew your address. My lord, my lord, my lord what happened? So what should I do? You're the judge now. So, <laughs> young man, you need to get a lawyer. Eh? Then you commence process. <sighs> Won't that one take time? By now, they'll be planting. <laughs> oh God, nothing will happen. Maybe for the next one and a half months. See, before you file and the chief judge assigns that file to a court, the process of preparing the processes, everything that must be done, it may be two months before the first time you appear. And that first time you appear, you may not say a single thing. It may be four months later that you start saying something. Are you in pain yet? It may be four months before your mouth first opens. And you, you see this grievance that want to break your heart. Four months may pass before you say it. And you'll be shocked. You won't say it the way you want. The person that will be controlling you is, is that your lawyer and the other person's lawyer too. Uh, wait. So, what day? You thought you would come and just pour out your heart. You not pour out your heart. So, can you tell the court what is your name? And your, the what child of the, just brrr, long process like that. At some point, judge, the judge will say, all right, counsel, take a date. But I date for what? One month later, you come and continue talking. Then when you finish on, they'll stop again. At least this is our court. Sir. Very painful. They may give a judgment in one year. By then, they've harvested the cassava. <laughs> A pity, a pity clients of lawyers. I wish their lawyers sat down and explained. Lawyers have to be kind. All you lawyers in this place, you have to be kind. Be explaining things to people. Hmm? Hmm. You explain, you explain. Say, this thing won't happen the way you think. Oh. You won't go there and pour out all your heart. Then the dog say, why? Where are they? Why? Come here. What? Eh? It won't happen that way. Even after you finish saying, even if they allowed you to talk, all you talk, the other lawyer will take a date. Why? He has not even looked at those people's file yet. Now that you've talked, now you serve him his copies, then he will go and start preparing his case against you. And then some, he will waste time and drag it and say, my lord, supervening circumstances 
warrant my absence. I ask for adjournment. You may ask for adjournment two, three times. You prepare, dress, come out from the village, get there. They had adjourned it. You're like, justice delayed is justice denied. You, there's no cliche, you know, say. When you finish, you find transfer and go home. And by the way, the lawyer has collected non-appearance, okay, disappearance, appearance fee. <laughs> Sorry for you. <laughs> so I'll be explaining to them, tell them reality. When I did litigation, I said, I didn't do it for long, but I would tell reality. I, I, my heart is too stuff. I'm too Christian to be a litigation lawyer. I can't survive it. My, I'm in pain. So I'm always looking for a way to resolve it. Have you talked with your brother? Maybe you should call him. Let's resolve. Me, I, I want to resolve things outside court. But as a litigation lawyer, I'm very poor. Because I want peace. I don't want you to fight. You see siblings, they'll come, they'll be fighting. When they finish, they will never have peace till they die. They are children. See, war. And the lawyers. Hey, God have mercy on lawyers. Yeah. It's not that you can't litigate good cases and defend, but you should try and defend the righteous. Not all this defending wicked sinners. Don't you know God will share the punishment? You give your client 60, you give you 40. At the time you've collected everybody's 40, 40, 40. <laughs> hey. Sorry. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, because you serve mammon. Money is your motivation. Money only. You don't, you're not looking for justice. You're not a, a, an officer in the temple of any justice. You're a, you're a money maker. Human beings, when you see they say, see money, see money, each one that comes, ah, how much can I make from this one? That's why you better listen to me well. Before all you lawyers, before you become lawyers, I always tell you, I always tell them, well, then they'll go and become lawyers. Then they'll go and be telling lies in court. I'll ask them, did you lie? They do their head like this. After Pastor Ita is your pastor, you're finished, Joe. <laughs> yeah, God is going to say, Come, did you not hear my servant? Didn't he tell you? Didn't I wa I was warning our people when they're in year two, three, four, five. Then they went and became lawyers. Put your hands on their head. Some of them would tell their boss, Sorry, sir, I don't tell lies. That one would call the other lawyer, Come, 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 come. They'll be laughing. <laughs> They'll tell them, are you sure this is your, <laughs> is, this, is this the plan for your life? I don't think you're for, you should go and work in an office. Our people tried. I didn't try to stop anybody. That's why sometimes you see our lawyers go and come. Then they don't stay long in law offices. Because lies, the system. And it's not that you have to lie. There's different things you do. You don't have to lie. But since they want to win everything. So the man arrives. These are real stories. The man arrives. Said that the police came to the place. And they seized my generator. That is a police matter. The lawyer stands there and writes. The police arrived. And two of them began to beat me up. The client says, no, they didn't beat me. Say, you say they beat you. I have had to go to the hospital for the lawyers. They do this terrible wickedness. Some of them, very terrible, terrible thing. Go to their church. They are elders. 
And they'll try to hint things like, like, no, it comes with the profession. Going to the lake of fire comes with the profession. <laughs> Foolish person. Who said you have to win? Who says if your client is guilty, you should win? Why should you win? There's a plea called guilty in criminal matters. You don't know how to pronounce guilty. Everyone say guilty. Guilty. Are you dead? You must say not guilty. You're lying. They go to the office and they prep you to lie. Don't lie. Don't tell lies. In fact, as the client is telling you, is that what really happened? You're not lying. Okay, we will plead guilty. Oh, no. No. So what you can, if the case is bad, tell them you don't have a good case. There's nothing like saying that it's expected of you to lie. That's perjury. And you're making them break even the law. Forget God. You're making them break the law to win. So he'll be happy with you and give you more money. Then you take that money and you buy a car. Then the car has an accident and you say, God, why? I don't understand human beings. You have less money, so prepare agreements. There are so many other things you can do. You don't have to tell lies and say it comes with. No, it comes with greed. It doesn't come with the profession. It comes with greed. When you are greedy, you break, it's like a doctor doing abortions and all that. It doesn't come with the profession. Abortion is even illegal in Nigeria. They are even breaking the normal law, not even the law of God. Um, you have to be honest. You have to be straightforward. You're going to have to judge things appropriately. Now, I was talking about how people give their lives to Jesus and they are not serious. They are not diligent. You that is bringing them to Lord. Okay, let me step back a bit. No. You approach the Lord a certain way. I learned from studying the Bible beginning in the 90s thoroughly. I learned that the better your case, the greater your chances of winning. And you know all these things I did with human examples of a legal uh, system here. You can't do with God. Like you can't stand in front of God and lie. Do you understand? There's no need. He knows you're lying. Satan knows you're lying. The accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12, Satan. Knows you are lying. So immediately you tell a lie. Say, oh Lord God, you said. Certain Sundays and goes, <laughs> my Lord, they accused <laughs> just three days ago, my Lord. <laughs> and says what you did. How does he know? He's the one that pushed you to do it. He saw when you complied. So you're here talking. I don't know. You, Christian, you call it faith. How crazy are you? Faith comes from hearing what God has said. Did you repent of that thing you did? When you did it, did you say, God, I am sorry? Has it been covered by the blood? No. You didn't think you should cover it with the blood. Take it to Jesus. Acknowledge, my Lord, I acknowledge I did this guilty. Guilty as charged. Please, I beseech you in the name of Jesus, 
my advocate, that you strike out this matter. You didn't think to repent. It's called repentance. No repentance. So your sin is still fresh on the page with pictures as exhibits. Then you stood here. They call it boldness in Christ. My Lord, I come as your son. The scripture says, 1 John 2, I write this to you, little children, so you will not sin. From chapter 1, he has said, if you confess your sin in the ninth verse, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But what must you do? Confess it. The word confess means to acknowledge, agree. You heard what I said when we were praying? Yes, I, I did it. I, I stole. Uh, this is it. This is it. No, you leave it inside there and say, well, I'm the righteousness of Christ. You, you, you. Someone is killing you and you say, see, see, see. The reason why you'll be in trouble with God is not because of that, the fact that someone taught you a lie. It is that you refuse to be like the burial Christians who after preaching goes forth. They go and check and see the thing that he said is so. Why do you think many times I teach or preach, in the midst of it, I say, if you have a question, ask there. Because the Bible doesn't tell you necessarily that they checked at home. It says they checked it. Who says they didn't check it with Paul standing there? That's why I give people opportunity. You don't understand what I say. You don't agree. You think it's different. Ask. Now, 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 now. That's why I do that a lot of the time. I want you to check it. Why do you think I keep mentioning scriptures, spitting out scriptures? A lot of what takes our time is because I'm trying to show you scriptures. So you know it's not my opinion. And even what I show you, I could show you 20. I'll show you one. You must have a good case. You don't need to be a lawyer to understand what I'm saying. Please, let me help you in this world. Let me help you for life. Prepare your cases well. Read your Bible. Study it. Ask questions from people who know the Bible, not liars and deceivers. They are those who handle the word of God deceitfully. The Bible says so, Ephesians 4. There's the handling of God's word deceitfully. Those who, you, you're like, but this place, oh, no, 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 no. There are many. They sound like they are knowledgeable. But you can see, even you watching how they are, Explain it. It's, uh -uh. Don't skip that place. Explain this place again. And scriptures, when they hold it, it contradicts. And then when it contradicts so clearly that they cannot resolve it, they say the Bible writer did not know what he was saying. Who has heard these things? So suddenly the, the source of your law for your cases is wrong. The judges we're wrong. The statutes are wrong. I don't know how anyone that understands anything legal can think like that. You cannot accuse the statute book. Who, who, who is hearing me? You don't come in front of the judge set up by the statute to say the statute you're building on is rubbish. Throw it away. Decide my case outside the statute. 
common sense tells you you can't do that. You say, my Lord, section 345. You don't say, I know section 345 was written by hungry men. <laughs> I'm here to inform you that I've really come to understand what. Are you serious? Nobody does that, that knows anything about law. You don't need to go to study law. I mean the slightest knowledge of what law, what the, the concept of laws, whether divine or human. You come, you look what was said, you appear, you prepare, you start. How do, how do you do this? How did I do it in my life? I studied my Bible for years. Taking notes. Pulling lessons. Seeing the similarities in different portions. Asking questions in my heart. Searching for the answer. It will take hours of your life. That time you go out. I was in the university here 20 something years ago. And you walk out. And you go to the common room to buy something. You see a crowd of boys watching something, good or bad. Okay? They are gathered. You buy what you came to buy. Madam, do you have sugar? You go back to your room and sit in your corner at your table. You're studying. You must sacrifice. That time that lawyer is in his office or at home searching the law. That same time, someone is watching the rich also cry. Who heard of the rich also cry? I cannot presume you watched it. We are too young, right? You've heard rumors of it. You would, ma. Not, not, not them. It's this one. You would watch it. <laughs> no. The lawyer's wife may be watching it, not him. He has a case tomorrow morning. Oh, is anybody on the side? Must I explain everything? Do you know when you prepare well, there's a confidence? This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him you guys changed it eh? you've been changing my, my verses now now composer huh? uh, I have to be coming here to catch you guys don't change our song this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his. Where is his will? Confidence. Let us therefore come. Boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace. To help in the time of need. Oh. Hebrews 4.16 You don't want to sing that song. You guys are big boys. They removed it. Yeah. 
Did they teach you the rap? Stand up quickly. Put on this one. Why are you wasting time? Let us therefore come boldly to the donut grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, if you don't know it, learn. Come on, learn. It's the scriptures again. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, Hebrews 4, 16. See that, that we have a great high priest. High priest. Who has passed through the heavens with us, the Son of God, let us. You may sit down. I know you want us to sing it again. Yes. It's on YouTube. Mm, I just cut it for you. It's on YouTube. So go and watch it. And uh, they can clip it out for you and put it out there. Listen to me. We are coming, approaching the throne of grace with confidence. You cannot approach with confidence. The people, the majority of Christians I know can never approach with confidence. Where's your confidence? This is the confidence that you have, that you asked according to his will. So where's your confidence from? You came and stood. You think God is an emotional wreck like you. Uh, go, go. Uh, um, no, that's not how it works. No, I'm sorry. No, he's my father. He's my father. You're a child. Children don't go to court. You want to approach God? Come with a case. Father, I'm thankful here. I'm here to ask concerning my mother. Father, your word says that you will save me and my household. Father, I've seen your salvation. I've known you these eight years. You have loved me. Thank you for the light you've given me. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for the knowledge of Jesus. Right now, Father, I'm coming to request specifically that the same light be given my mother. Father, I ask that you forgive her, but all have sinned and fallen short of your glory. And you came to save sinners. 
you saved me. Father, your word says, and you are bringing a case for the salvation of your mother from darkness to light. And you're deliberate about it. And your request is that her eyes will be open. And as you do that, the Lord will bring you understanding. As you study the word, he'll give you what? The Holy Spirit, your helper, will give you words. As you follow his process, sometimes the judge says, your case has been heard. You hear my answer now or 25 years later. I'd share with by Heidi Baker and Roland Baker, you know, and how her parents would oppose her. Oppose her because the woman left America to go and be a missionary around the world, Asia, USA, uh, sorry, UK, in the slums, they would do ministry there, and then to Mozambique. After war, wretched, wretched place. And she labored there. And the parents would constantly attack the husband. Constantly attack the husband. And they'll see, imagine after almost 30 years, they'll see the man and say, look at what you have done to her daughter. They were still attacking him. Do you understand how long 30 years is? To have your parents say the same thing to you. Still complaining. Look at how you are. Look at, look at how thin my daughter. Look at. The mother was still causing trouble. <laughs> one day she went to war. She said, mom, you have demons. <laughs> then the mom started crying. That one of the manifestations of demons is crying. If you cast out demons, you've seen that. Many times they said, <laughs> Usually because they know they're about to get kicked out. Her mom cried, went to a place, called and called it, and she went to a elder, began to pray for her. Her mom got born again. Everything happened. Died shortly after. But a prayer she had prayed for how many years? Came to pass. When it was time, in God's wisdom. It could be for something. Father, I'm requesting for provision for my schooling. Now, let's say they gave you money for school and you used it to buy clothes. It's very important that you ask God, you start with, beyond, how many times will I say this thing? Eh? First, first, bring out the, you're a thief. That's first. Let's follow protocol. Verse 9, First John. If we confess our sins, so as you came to court, you don't come boldly. When you, when you, it is the righteous that is as bold as a lion. You, you're not righteous. Now I'm righteous in Jesus. Shut up. There are two righteousnesses. The one of Jesus, the one of the saints. Are you a saint? Are you a child of God? Where's your righteousness? Your garments are stained. First, first, remove it. Get it washed. Then appear. We mix up everything. First, I want to confess. Forgive me. I stole my school fees. I'm a thief. Acknowledge your sin. You are bringing out the truth. Place it before him. Agree. After that, you said, if I confess my sins, you forgive it. I agree. I'm guilty. Amen. Now in faith, trust me, it's one. You stand up. Please, I'm asking for, for school fees. You know, foolish, you know, nobody, you know, I keep telling people, Christians, it's why I don't hide my mouth. I can't be lying to you now. It won't go to punishment. It's because you don't know God. Be, be proper. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He said you forgive me. Why don't you do? I don't know. You don't appear as if. You don't appear as what? 
Are you not guilty? Now that you've settled your guilt, now, keep, next verse, chapter 2, go, 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 from verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. He didn't write that thing that I just demonstrated so that you'll be sinning, so you come and say, yes, I'm sorry. Don't sin. I hope you've heard me. Yes, but if anyone does sin, because he knows the foolishness in us, if you do sin, we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he stands like that before the Father. Your job is you acknowledge. Jesus' job is as you acknowledge your sin, the Lord Jesus shows his cars. The blood does shed. Father, I died for this one too. For this sin, I poured blood. Through the shedding of blood, there is remission of his sin of stealing. Please let the sin be remitted, erased. For my sake. He ever lives to make intercession for us. And the Father, what did Jesus say? I know you always hear me. Have you heard that before? And the Father goes, Granted, bam. God is stupid, but he can sorry, tell the boy he can stand up. You want something else? Yes, my Lord. Is this same school fees matter? Please be honest. You know God is very merciful. They're not saying the young child do something. See, my children do things and I'm like, how dare you? And I'm trying to look at you and smiling. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want them to see me smiling. It's not, it's not a joking matter. And I'm like, because <laughs> you are caught the guy with that. Who gave you that thing? All you want to do is that guy's half naked. Up here, he's wearing clothes. The other side is no clothes. Then this tissue. He has one. Oh. So you try and keep your face straight. With a frown. Just, you, don't, you don't know God. You, you think God is always used hell straight. Hell. <laughs> You are buying firewood for your spot. I've always desired to burn you. You see, I told them to get more firewood. You roast. That's not how God is at all. Don't be thinking of God like that. That's how many of you think of God. That's what Satan tells you. That's not how God is. God is your father, but he's just. Okay, so when you flog this one, or you had said, see, listen, the next time you touch that tissue, it's not that tissue is so costly you can't replace it. But you have to, you see, you're trying to do two things. One, you love your child, but on the other hand, he needs to grow up and be disciplined. And he can't go around wasting like this because others will see him and copy. You don't want a spoiled child. So it's a balance. It's a tight balance. And you go. Don't do it again. So there's times the child does that and it's like. Then a time comes you say, no, 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 no. Don't do it again. It's no more funny. Do you understand? Like, "Mm -mm." the next time you do it, daddy will beat you. Have you heard me? And then, and he does it again. Say, come here and you pinch his cheek. Or you get a paddle and say, come, I'm going to beat you. Don't do it. Don't be touching tissue. Tissue. Don't touch. Tissue. Don't touch. This is normal fathering. If you like that, follow confused people that don't know what parenting is at all. When you understand proper parenting, you understand God. Many of you don't have, the average human being does not have proper parenting, so you don't understand God. God's heart, he said, like a father pities his children. Inside there is pity, proper for a proper father. There are fathers on drugs, drinking, confused fathers. Mm-mm. The, a good father, the heart pities. Even when the child is crying, your heart is pitying. You don't enjoy their crying. But you can't raise a rogue. You can't raise a criminal. You can't raise a tout. There will have to be discipline. The father chastises the son he loves. He's the one you don't have time for. That criminal child that you don't talk to. You heard? Have you heard what he did again? You don't bother. He's the one you are like, eh? come, 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 come here. He's the one that you are sending in a direction that you go after. There are different ages, of course. The picture I was using is like a one-year-old, two-year-old. 
Then there's a four-year-old. Then there's a seven-year-old. Then there's a 12-year-old. Then there's a 16-year-old. You don't relate with them the same way. So go back to 1 John chapter 2. My little children, take note of who he's talking to. Who? When you go down and keep reading down to verse 14 and all that, you hear him talk to three groups. Little children, young men, fathers. So God makes a distinction in his relationships. When you try to make no distinction, it is why there are things that people do or certain people do and not much may be said. Then there's another person that does it and a lot is said. There are things you do and you got away with in 2019. You do it in 2023. You receive the censure of everyone fully. Like how dare you? This is not before. Not You did what? Stop keeping things the same. God does not keep it the same. The older you grow, the more responsible you have to be. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he's the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, not just yours, but also for the sins of the whole world. This love he has for you, he has it for everybody. Are you hearing me? Which is why you evangelize. You tell other people, come into the father's love. He loves you. They are all out there. They don't know. They think the father wants to just throw them into the lake of fire. They think the father hates them. They think the father cannot endure them. Your job is to carry the good news to say, come here, sweetheart. Come here. Uh, guy, can we talk? Yes, just, just, uh, I have something important to tell you. Yes, I have a message. From who? He's a very big man. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Very big. Big man. I could say he's the biggest man. Wow. <laughs> For me, yes. Let, let's sit down. Do you know the Father's love? Have you received mercy? Because other than mercy, you're finished. And you tell them. People feel so guilty. The average human being. That they think it's, there's no use. Even trying to ask for but if someone can explain it to them, that the father has made a way, his name is Jesus, that will lead them to the truth, his name is Jesus, that will result in life, his name is Jesus. If someone would tell them, they would have come to the Lord since. But they walk around thinking, uh, God, you are the ones that God has accepted, people like me, no need. Who is going to tell people good news? You know, the, you know the word gospel means good news, right? The gospel is good news. You must tell people good news. It's good news for someone to discover that they can be accepted in the beloved. That amongst the beloved. The beloved is who? The church. The wife. Do you remember the beloved? We are going back to Ephesians. The beloved. The father wants to accept you. One, little children. Let, let's just do it. Let's finish First John 2. Go down to what verse? 13. I have, oh, yes. I am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. 
I have written to you children because you know the father. I have written to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. No, 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 no. We started to, uh, uh, maybe you go back to verse what? 11? Ah, 12. I am writing to you. Started with children, then father in 13, then young men. I am writing to you little children. Read with me. Because your sins have been forgiven through his name. Why is that there? The challenge, the greatest challenge of a young Christian, the children Christian, is that they keep thinking they have been unforgiven. Listen, it's the biggest challenge of a brand new Christian. It's why people that get born again newly, you heard many of those people I say that when they go, they never come back. Apart from religious spirits that take them to go and serve in the flesh. I remember asking, I've asked people sometimes. I say, how long have you been that church? I say, eight years. And you were not born again. Yes. And you came here and got born again. Yes. Then immediately you left to go back there. In a place where you couldn't see the light for eight years. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Not how it sounds. How ridiculous is that? You went to a school. They couldn't teach you A, B, C. You went somewhere. In one day, you learned how to say A to Z. You immediately left and went back to that place to go and be a leader. That's the scariest part. A leader. Common sense tells you to continue your education. Common sense. You like power. You like being famous. You like appearing. You like being in charge. So I pray anyone and everyone hearing me here, don't do things like that. You give your life to Christ. If you were in a place and they couldn't help you give your life to Christ, lead you to Christ, you better stay away from it for a long time. Even if God wants to send you back there, that will be later after you have developed bones. You have one duty and everyone that has seen a brand new baby knows that the number one thing a brand new baby needs is milk and sleep and someone to clean him up when he messes up himself. Yes or no? Yes, it's a very simple life. Don't complicate it. With your old man, your fleshly nature, your brain. God saves your spirit first. Then he cleanses your soul. That's sanctification, the next stage. Justification accepts you. Sanctification cleans you up. Then glorification is the reward. That's the process. The three-step salvific process of God. It's three salvations, not one. When you say saved, you believe you are saved. Then when you read, you shall be saved. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's of your soul. Your, the second sanctification stage. And then the last stage is your body, your physical body, which will be saved. It will be transformed. Your physical body will become brand new. And will lack the ability to die anymore. That's that's the plan. Now the Lord wants us all. You and I. Everyone else hearing me right now. To submit themselves to his words. Let them drop on you. Young Christians normally think as they may live here. 
All those times they are crying. I feel very sad about it. I feel so sad that there are many times I've refused. If you are here, I, I, I don't like saying, how many of you want to give your life to Christ? Come up. I'm very serious. Because I think it hardens them more. Thereafter, Satan tells them again, you're not saved. Too many people, you get, you don't allow conviction to sit. So you get born again on and off 40 times. So I often tell people, if you're not ready to start, don't bother. Now, what happened to many of them? They left here and went to the path and they was trodden on. The seed was stepped on. Instead of giving themselves to care to those who will care for them. I tell you, when you give your life to Christ in this place, come back. Even if you don't come on a Sunday, I don't mind that much. Come on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Go through these series of classes. The foundations of the teachings of Christ. Don't think you know it because most pastors don't know what we teach them. They know bits and pieces, but they don't know it in, as a whole. How do I know? Because you hear them preach and they don't know it. They don't know it. They say repentance. It's repentance from dead works that the Bible says. They say faith. It's faith towards God that the Bible says. They say baptisms. They talk of water. Some add spirits. Almost none ever add fire. Baptism of fire. When you don't have the foundations, the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Laying on of hands, almost nobody talks about it. So you go around and everyone lays their hands on your head, imparting all sorts of darkness and problems. You heard our brother testify, I heard the testimony a bit on Friday or so. And our brother stood here and testified about how he went and joined and cast demons out of someone that had a spirit of homosexuality. And the spirit jumped on him. You heard him on Friday. I think it was Friday. The spirit jumped on him. Talk about laying on of hands. He went to lay hands. The thing laid hands on him. He was born again. Deeper life boy. He starts lusting after melts. After casting a demon out of someone with it. You think this life is easy. There's nothing easy about this world. I've told you for years the story. If you went through the class, you must have heard the story about a preacher that went and an older preacher laid hands on him and his wife and prayed. And the man started struggling with lust day and night. I couldn't understand. I haven't watched any evil thing. I haven't looked at any evil thing. What is this all-consuming lust? And they finally concluded it began when that man prayed for me. That preacher that we admire as a younger couple. And they, he went to him and asked him, sir, are you struggling with issues? The man confessed, yes, I've been struggling. So as he was blessing him, extra past. It's a fact that that's where many people get their problems. People don't even know what's their problem. A bed can impart to you. Bed. You're sleeping on a bed where they've been committing immorality. The bed. Uh, uh. Music. That one is at the top of the list. It's laying hands. Laying hands, laying hands on you, laying hands as he's playing in your presence. Baby, I want you to be mine, baby. Come here by my side, oh baby. Let <laughs> me stop before someone copies it and makes money from it. The thing is pulling you. 
Come here to my side. Next thing, start feeling. I think I've been such a long time without thing. I'm not, church is good though, but, but but human beings need companions. God did not make it's not good for man to be alone. It's good for man to be stoned. Satan will be demons, small spirits of lust will be quoting scripture. You don't know they know Bible. They're quoting scripture to you, be agreeing. It's true. It sounds like what Pastor even said. If you call my name, <laughs> you're listening to demons. You, you're so young, you don't know the spirit realm. They are playing games with your head, and if you keep listening, they will make ogbono soup inside here. <laughs> Which is why you must grow. Which is why you must keep company with those who love the Lord and fear. They are the ones that tell you. You say you say you had a dream that what happened? Mm-mm, that's not from God. Mm-mm. The sermon of spirits. With, that's not God. <laughs> that, that, that thing you just said. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> that's not God. Say no, but I'm sure I saw it. Demons show people things. Mm. The Lord wants you to understand, little children, that even though sin should not be done, but if you confess it, he'll forgive it. The bad thing is where you sin and you refuse to confess it. You refuse. You hide it. It's not every sin you confess to God. James 5 verse 16 says, Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power to prevail. So you confess it to someone who is righteous, who will pray for you. Not to your friend who, as you confess, I'm, uh, I want to confess something to you. <sighs> oh, James 5, 16. So we should confess. Pastor said, so, so that day before yesterday, that time that you asked me where I was, I, I went to visit that girl and, and we kissed. But it was only kissing. We, I didn't even touch her. My hand was behind my back. I just said I should confess it to me. And your friend says, mm. well, thank you that you trusted me. Maybe I'll use the chance to confess my... <laughs> my own. We didn't sleep together, but we removed our clothes. <laughs> uh, so I'll pray for you. You pray for me. May your angels slap you each. One, one. The Bible says you should confess to a righteous man. Don't look for a fellow sinner. Because people like confessing to people that so they don't feel so bad. After all, now we, we, now we bad together. Look for someone that you don't think it can be guilty of any such thing. Let them look at you however they will look at you. You did that? Really? Really? You mean you left? Really? Don't get Kneel down here. Now, listen to me. Now, you shouldn't do that. We try to be very gentle, and we should. Christian, wherever you are, someone sins. The book of Galatians chapter 6 tells you how. If anyone is taken in a sin, let him that is spiritual restore him in a spirit of meekness. Now, I will not be waiting for you again to take forever now. 
saying, lest he also be tempted. Verse 1. Galatians. Let me say it. Not, the Bible in my head is King James. Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him with the spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Did you hear that? That our brother, his spirit jumped on him. Temptation began. He struggled and even stumbled. He shared that. You heard him. Was his heart bad when he went to cast out a demon? No. Maybe there was pride. There was whatever. But the spirit jumped on him. There's an attitude. There's meekness required. How many years later? This is maybe 10 years later or more since this incident. And even though he had been prayed for and the loss, the desire stopped, but it wasn't over. And God helped him. He didn't say it well when I say his testimony. The first day he came here, you know how we pray for first timers. Like there are people here. This is your first time here. At the end of this meeting, we'll pray for you. The first time he came, during his first time prayer, like we always do for all first timers who stay till the end. They told him about it. They told him, someone we have never seen before. The prophetic intercessory team told him, they told him, I see, I can't remember how it said, abuse and something about homosexual, something about being abused. He was abused and something briefly or something, but something, they told him and he said, no, he doesn't know what it means. Then years later, during this retreat or so that we had in December, he said it came back to him. And he remembered. And I've seen this happen so many times. There are many people, what is afflicting you and bothering you will disappear with a confession. And he came to me and I told him, okay, later I was busy. Uh, we had all sorts of things. So I'll see you later. I said, I couldn't see him there. Eventually I saw him in my office and I laid hands on him and prayed, Father, in the name of Jesus, everything, this, that, that, that. Bah. Now, if you remember it before and confess it, God would have dealt with it before. And I prayed for him and he left and went and excreted blood. You can't make up this thing. Not excretes. I think he urinated blood. Or whatever. Now, how is that? That was the physical manifestation. That was a physical manifestation. Of a spiritual condition. And even though that spirit of loss seemed to have moved. What was this one? How many years later? And this is what I tell people. About covering up sin. You don't understand what you're doing to yourself. So that thing will stay inside him. Have you heard stories of people that were musicians. Christian musicians, preachers that are now homosexual. Have you heard stories like that? What do you think that is? Do you understand how things work spiritually? The guy is a musician singing for Jesus, leading crowds. Everyone say, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Praying, crying, singing, worshiping, praying, having money devotions. They're ending up like a full-time gay revolt. Drama went to heaven. You were there with me. Walked upon the streets of gold. 30 years after, four grown children. 
Then you leave your wife and go and be a full homosexual, playing in homosexual churches. It's the residual, the residue that has not been gotten rid of. Are you hearing me? The residue that has not been gotten rid of. That residue. At least he confessed it. So he got parts of his deliverance. But you see, that's the challenge with sanctification. Maybe in the second service, I'll have time to explain it. Sanctification is not a one-time thing. It's a process. So there was residue. And that's he could go on living his life. Living his life. Then he travels abroad. Living his life. Then he goes to one country like that. Maybe Germany. And he's there for a course three years. And falls into homosexuality. And you look and say, eh? Brother, eh? And you can't believe how. Did you deal with the residue? People have all sorts of residues. Who has ever pushed, pressed a boil out and the next day he had filled up again? How many of you know it's because of the residue? Always the residue. If you don't press it all out, it keeps, it can, that can go on for 50 times. You have to get rid of all the residue. That's the process of sanctification. And the Lord Jesus, Ephesians 5, came To sanctify the church. Cleansing her by the washing. When he justified her, she became his own. That's justification. Oh, this is mine. But the process of distinguishing her like Esther, when they went through purification rites for six months, then another six months. Have you read that before? That's a process. It's not once. It's not one thing. It's not one aspect. It's why you don't come to church once a week. Oh. You drag your purification. The children of Israel were to pass through the wilderness for two years. It took them two years from Egypt to the wilderness. In the wilderness, they were to build the Lord a dwelling place so he could dwell amongst them and be their God, and be speaking to them. So he did that. When he did that, one year later, he had built it. When he was done with building it, they, they were done with building. The people gave from the things they had, the gold, the silver, their skills, all of that, they built together, corporately. They created a dwelling place for the Lord to inhabit their midst. Then they continued their journey. And got to the border of the promised land. They sent some people ahead. Leaders, go. Search out the land and come and tell us how it is. This land, God has promised us the promised land. Then the 12 leaders came back. And the majority said, nobody can do it. Nobody's righteous. Nobody can. Say, listen, there's nobody that. Just exactly like today. You listen to pastor. Say, listen, there's nobody that. I, I, I know we always grumble. I know we always don't join them and do it because every single one of them died in a plague. Only the two who said we can do it. Why? God said we can do it. God said we can do it. God said we can take the land so we can take the land. Yes, we also saw the giants, but those giants will become bread to us. They will give us energy. The sons of Anak, we will conquer them. We know we can. And the other ones were busy saying, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And so we were. 
We are like grasshoppers. Didn't God see the giants when he told you to go and take the land? He saw it. The God that has done all the miracles of saving you. You doubt he can bring you into fulfilling why he saved you. The God who led you to come out and give your life to Jesus. You think he can mature you to my same level and beyond? He can do all these things. Why do you start in faith and end in doubt? You will not enter the promised land. You must believe he who comes to him must believe that he is. And he rewards those who are diligent in their seeking him. Once you get careless, you're not diligent. Too many Christians, you're not diligent in anything. Everything you are is reckless. Only with money matters are you diligent. Only with everything else except God. God is the one you can be reckless about. Hey, why they go church today? I feel come if I get transport. That your lack of diligence. You will not enter the land. You will die in the wilderness of Christianity. There is a middle place. From this territory. Egypt. To the promised land. There is a middle place. This space is where most die. Till today. In that place, they are leaders. Oh, they are leaders in that wilderness. They are leaders. Uh, I, I, I am apostle. I am pastor. I am bishop. They have everything in the wilderness. Oh. And some people think the wilderness is the promised land. That's why I couldn't. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. As I grew, as I was growing in understanding and knowledge, I realized. I looked around at people. I said, you can't follow this person. And enter this promise that this is among the ten. This one does not believe. This is the one that used his eyes and said, A Christian cannot do without money. Money is that's them. They couldn't bring down the giant called greed. They couldn't bring down the giant of doubt. Or they couldn't just trust that God can handle things. So they started coming up with their own methods. I want us all to know that God who began the good work in you is faithful to complete it. Is this clear? Yes, sir. If you will trust him, he will bring you into the promised land. But there are people you will not follow. You can't follow them. If you follow the 10 spies, you will die in the wilderness. And what happened? Everyone that was 20 years above when they left Egypt, every single one of them died in that wilderness. Just like they are dying today. There's a generation that has been bypassed. Why am I interested in the younger generation? Because they are the ones that entered. Older generation, they are set in their ways. The Egyptian thinking, worldly thinking. That's why you have preachers, leaders, elders, deacons, all over the body of Christ. Who lie, cheat, steal. They work in government. They, are, they do every wrong thing that can be done. Doctors, lawyers, everything. They have Egypt is their, is their construct. Egypt. But there's a younger generation that can say no. We will not die with our fathers in the wilderness. Will you be that generation? Yes, sir. That I will not die in the wilderness. I looked at the body of Christ. And I went like, I will not follow these people. I will follow the cloud. I will follow Jesus. It was Moses then. I will follow the mediator. Only him will I follow. Joshua only followed him. Caleb only followed him. 
Those who are consistent and diligent will enter the promised land. But there's a process. Do you know what happened because of that? In two years, they were at the border. God sent them back to go and roam around for 38 more years. That's why all of you say they spent 40 years in the wilderness. It was meant to be two years. Go and read your Bible. Two years, they were at the boundary of the promised land. They entered it. Then God said, go back. Since you don't believe me. He said, Moses, let me kill them all at once. Moses begged. Oh God, help me beg only correctly. You don't understand. Moses begged, said, don't kill them. What will people say? They'll say you brought them out and they couldn't enter. God said, okay, I'll remember them in the day upon a visit. So instead of killing them all at once, he had killed them all at once. He'd have taken the younger generation in at once. Do you understand? But because he didn't kill them all at once, he led them around till they all died. And because of that, the younger generation had to stay in the wilderness because of the older generation. You don't know that that's what has been happening for in the body of Christ. Oh, that's exactly what has been happening in the body of Christ. The same thing repeated itself in the body of Christ. Didn't I show you that it's 40 jubilees that we've been roaming around? Didn't I show you? Roaming around, they to press in and enter. Then the church went into the dark ages. They committed the same sins. Oh, yes, that was the shadow. We've been living the real thing. Oh, what is, has been. So we've been roaming around, roaming around. And do you know what's happening? Why well, I'm always pointing at the calendar of God? Because we are coming to the end of the roaming time. Are you understanding? A generation is about to enter. That means there's, there's a generation that is about to be completely wiped out also. Are you understanding? If you don't watch how you live, you will also be wiped out. But if you make the right choices and choose to fear God and obey him above all else, you will enter the promised land. Amen? It starts as a child, but it ends as a father. Which one will you be? Don't be afraid when you, when you sin, it's wrong and it's bad. Confess it. Receive instruction. Grow out of it. That's where everything begins. But as you grow older, grow up to. Do you understand this? We are about to stand up and pray briefly. So we start the second service. I, I invite all the newer people to join the second service. It will do you pretty good. Please, sir, what concordance do you recommend we use? Besides strong concordance. Um, so, Thayer's concordance is, is better. In the Greek, it says more. It elaborates better. The strong even makes mistakes, okay? Vine. Unfortunately, some of these things are so costly, big costly books. I don't even have the hard copy. I have the soft copy. Vines, New Testament, Greek. Uh, okay? But you can't have Greek only. There also is mostly is in the Greek. There's the Hebrew, Aramaic. You can check online. There are more modern. This is not an example of where the old is better, okay? Sometimes the new is better. All right? So, have soft copy. You have my sword or e-sword, soft copy. You have access to multiple dictionaries. I have multiple concordances on my tab, on my phone, on my laptop. If you have that, to help you, all right. If you don't have, you can ask. Our people can get you something. They'll give you a link. They'll transfer it to you. They'll help you install. If you ask nicely, it will be given to you. Your patience, you get it. Even today or during the week, okay. Have a device with space you can install things for you. Is that okay? Yes, have you learned anything? Yes, Stand to your feet. I want us to pray. Just very briefly. We already prayed earlier on. We are praying briefly, and we are asking the Lord to enable us. Just in one minute or two. I don't know what stage you are at, but you think you should grow up? Yes, yes, yes. You need to grow up, and you want to be disqualified? No, no, no. You want to be sanctified? Yes, 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 yes. You must yield to the process. Talk to the Father. I give you one minute about what you've heard and what struck you the most. Father, help us. Help us, help us, help us. Help us enter into your intentions, even in this time. Help us enter into your intentions. Oh, Lord, our God. Oh, Lord, our God. Oh, Lord, our God. Oh, Lord, our God. Good Father, reach us right where we are. Help us to stand and not to fall. You are a God. Worthy of praise. You are a God. You are full of power. Father, we love you. Lord, you are holy. Oh, you are a God. You are a God. We bless your words. 
Loving you, Lord, Lord, as a Lord, Lord, when we come, and go bow down, stretch out your hands. You are a Father, we bless your name. Everyone, lift your hands. I'm praying for you. Father, as I do, forgive the little children who are always running away. Amen. Whenever they sin, they run away. And they say, it's useless. It's useless. It's useless. There's no need. Let me not deceive myself. Forgive them for believing certain more than you. Amen. And from today, everyone and anyone that turns to you, help them stay till they grow up. Amen. I rebuke the spirits that drag them back. Amen. Spirits of foolishness that make them take the words they hear to go to a busy path. Instead of moving away from the hustle and bustle of life so they can grow like a good ground. Father, I'm asking from today, let that foolishness cease. Amen. Whatever it takes. You said the rod drives out foolishness from the heart of a child. Drive it out, I pray. Amen. And teach them to stay. May they no longer disrespect you by saying, Lord, Jesus is Lord. Then the next day they say, Satan is Lord, or my belly is Lord, or money is Lord, or my friends are Lord. May they keep you in the center, O oh Lord God. Even today, everyone that will turn their hearts and say, Lord Jesus, this time I'm coming to stay. Now, if you're in that class, just step out here. Now, you're saying this time I'm, I'm coming to the Lord and I'm not going back. I'm not going to go back. I want to stay. Step out now, not later. Don't talk to me in private. Just raise your hand. Stand where you are by the side and raise your hand to the Lord. Now, everybody else, we are still praying. And I want you to pray. And you're saying, Father God, here I am. I am saying that I want to be sanctified, purified, made holy. I want to arrive at the destination. I give you one minute to pray that again. One minute, come on. I want to arrive at the destination. If you're coming here, come out. There are at least two of you from this side. I don't know what you're doing. Come out. Don't waste time. You don't control nothing. I said from this side, there are at least two of you. Father God, mercy today. Mercy, 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 mercy. Ask God that you want to arrive sanctified. You want to arrive sanctified. You want to arrive sanctified. You want to make it? Wanna tremble the works of darkness. Whoa, whoa, Hallelujah. 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 Mercy and grace. Found in your face. Mercy and grace, Jesus. Mercy and grace. Hey, 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 hey. Say the prayer over here. Say, Lord Jesus, you are Lord. From today, I'll bow my knees to only you. I believe you died for me and my sins have been paid for. Let that sin, everything that's against me, be washed away with your blood. I believe. I receive your goodness. I love you, friends. I believe. I receive your goodness. From now, help me hold your hands. Help me hold your hands. Till the end. Every other Lord, I renounce you. Be gone. Amen. Thank you, good father. Blessed be your name. Amen. You have an offering, take it or give to the Lord, all right? In the church, you give because the Father says when you come before him, if you have a gift, you give it. You can make it transfer also. Um, it's, the number will be on the screen. It's on the screen. And once I'm done, everyone that, this is your first time. Listen, there are two kinds of first-timers. There's the first-timer that has absolutely to leave. This is the first time you're here, but you have to leave. You came for the first service. You came early, you came on time, and you must go. I'll pray for you in that main office there. And then the other ones, you're staying. Even though it's your first time, you're staying over for the second service, which I welcome most of you to do, all right? <laughs> then I'll pray for you after the second service. So don't bother to come now, okay? Now, after I pray for you, the prophetic intercessory teams will pray for you. It doesn't take a nice prayer. They'll just share some words of knowledge, some prophetic words and all that. Many, why we do that as a habit is a gift. You know, your churches you go to, they give you cake, they give you mineral, they give you this, they give you that, and uh, so on. 
We give you something better. We give you the knowledge of the holy. We give you knowledge of things. Things you think only God knows. Only you know. I gave you an example today. We tell people things that are true and even they can remember. Many times people have been told things and they say, no, I don't understand. Then later they say, it's true, it's true, I remember. Things that only God could know. It's not to astound you and surprise you. Not for that at all. It's to give you counsel. The spirit of counsel is at work. Spirit of knowledge is at work. Letting you know that this is God's desire. Okay? People come and different things. Many times we tell people things that they have been told before, elsewhere. Things they know. Another time we tell people, say, oh, you need to be born again. Oh, you need to repent of this. Oh, you need to go and make peace with your mother, your parents. You have a quarrel. It's stopping your growth. Whatever it is you are told, take it, transcribe it. We give that as a gift. It's of what we have. We may not have lots of money to buy cake and all that. Except you're hungry. If you're hungry and you say, no, I need to go and eat, we will give you food. That's what we can do. We can lead you to, you know, our in-house uh, kitchen, restaurant, and give you something to eat. You're free to ask. You know, some people say, I heard last week, there are people that left and they said, oh, I'm going to eat, I'll come back. And they didn't come back. They'll come in there, they'll be crying. As God reveals the secrets of their heart, they will walk away. The thing I preach today, and walk away immediately. After crying, God is saying things that only God can say. Then they walk away immediately. Immediately, the war for their soul commences. If not for God's grace, I would have, I would have left human beings alone. People have to be serious. I've seen people, you see them like this. Three years later, when you saw them, they're in year one, year two. Next time you see them, you're in year three, year four, year five. Spill over. Then they come and repent. And I look, sometimes I remember them and I wonder, haven't you come here before? And they have gone and squandered three years of their life. Being stupid. Why didn't you just give your life to Jesus at once? No, the world was so sweet. How did it work out for you? Nobody is sweeter than our Savior. Nobody. There's nothing you can say. When you're not born again, how many of you used to think being born again is off ahead? Put down your hands. Now that you have been born again, compare your life before and now. Who is the off ahead? Can you even compare? To be blind is bad. Though. The devil lies like that. He tells you, if you give your life try, you not enjoy life. Talk to our people and see who is enjoying life. Except the one that has one leg in Egypt and the one that has, they are the only ones that are unhappy. See someone that is dedicated and committed to God. You can never compare their joy. They have joy inside. They have it outside. They know the God who made all things. They've experienced the supernatural provision, everything, protection. They know that their life has a purpose and a direction. Before, you had none of that. Because there's a God in heaven who made all things and upholds everything by his word. And if you trust him, he'll begin and he'll complete. He'll genesis the revelation. But you chose. Say, no, I, I'm going to, uh, I know I'm not the maker. So I'm going to try and plan my life. Uh, this book I read. You read what? You will crash land. Nobody is wiser than God. The only wise God is the one with the best plan. I've, I've confessed it here before that some of my problems is I move around sometimes and I start feeling guilty that I have no problems. I think about it and I used to feel bad. Oh God. I don't mean I need 20 years ago. I'll be moving on and I'll be thinking, God. I'll be almost like I'm afraid I just something bad will happen to me because my life is too peaceful. All the worries that people have died, I didn't have it. Just a few, not compared to other people, nothing. I've suffered nothing. And I look at it and I say, God, thank you. But I know there's a reward for trusting God. He's a rewarder. Of those, that's what he told me in 1999. It was December period. December 26, 7, 8. I came. I went to Union. The hostels were empty. And I went and stayed in my room seeking the Lord about something. That was the beginning of my putting up seasons to wait on the Lord. And I heard it. It was a voice. I heard it. I've been fasting and praying on the third day. And I was sitting up on my bed. I heard it. But he said to me, I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek. I packed my bags and went to. And when God talks, don't, don't, don't waste your time. He has, has he not spoken. 
And I kept seeking diligently from those days as a student. No matter where I was, doing whatever I was, he's my number one. And my life has had peace. Whatever challenge you face, when you are with God, ah, it's like nothing. So when you want to flame flame, it's like the two sinners I said are here to my right and you didn't come out. As soon as they play. Wherever you are, do I know you? I said you're to my right, too. I saw the one come from this side. I said there are two of you to this side. Now I don't know you. Where God is merciful, you know me, I can be happy. You'll be like, say God didn't tell you. God's goodness requires a response. Do you understand? But I tell you, come and take and you won't leave your seat. What do you want me to do? Draw near to, and he will draw near to you. Do your part. Don't want God to come, carry you. Do your part in the name of Jesus. Amen. Try and resolve whoever those two people were. Try and resolve that before you leave this place. You don't have sense. God, this meeting was going in a certain direction, and along the way, it changed. Who noticed? Uh, I've seen God do that hundreds of times. He does that for people. He's going like this. They say, stop. It's somebody I want to have now. And he changes the whole meeting. All of us sit down, have to listen to what God didn't want to say. Because of one or two people. I have seen him do it hundreds of times. That's how I'm sure God loves people. And then if you, you speak at it. So when he punishes you, don't despise the Lord your God. Don't despise God. Whatever you think you know about God. <laughs> when he calls you, come oh, the sound of the bridegroom goes out. Run in. That's not when to, you got to start looking for oil now. When you come, the door will be closed. There's a time for everything. There's a procedure for every matter. I want us, after you are prayed for, you can go if you wish for those who absolutely insist. But the rest, I invite you to stay. Now, that's not for the older people. The older people, you know you have your duties. Go and carry them out. I know you love to stay, but the Holy Spirit is not allowing that. So you give space for the newer people to come in and focus. If you are taking questions, I'll take you in the second Gap. So if you have a question and you want to ask, you couldn't write it down, drop it if you have to go and I will answer it. You can watch the video later or you can listen to the audio. Okay? Father, thank you for every offering that's been given here. I ask that you receive it and use it for your glory and praise. In the name of Jesus. Replenish, replenish, replenish. Father, I also ask that you bless your children this week. I ask that you order their steps. I ask that you fill them with your spirit more than ever before and carry the good news wherever they go. Let the good news go out of their lips. Let them be an encourager of those that are weak and young and lost. Bring those ones back to you. Lead them to wandering lost sheep, to foolish children who have lost their way. Please use us as vessels of restoration. Good Father, I ask you, and I ask during this week, everyone that is on the path that has had things trampled, let them be removed from the path. So they will flourish. Like Let the rains come. Let them flourish. Let them flourish. Let them flourish. Let them flourish in the name of Jesus. And from henceforth, as your people sit to study your law and come before your courts, help them to become good advocates, oh God. Teach them. Teach them to understand the ways of the Father and to bring cases that they can win. Forgive those who confess their sins. You promised you'd forgive. As they come throughout this week, receive them, I pray. As restoration happens all around in many lives, receive them, I pray. Amen. Thank you. You're a good God. Just wave your hands to the Lord. He's a good God, faithful, faithful, faithful. Remember, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 5 p.m. to 7 here. Come and join the Bible studies. Not for everyone. It's a smaller group, 15, 20, 30 people. Come, come, come. Go through the most important things. All those people that came to give their lives to Christ and even others. Make sure you go through those classes. But when you go through those classes, you should never backslide again. It should be impossible. 
for you to backslide because you're, you will understand things like you've never understood. And then be obedient. If you're a member of this church, everyone in this church has a disciple. You might hear us call them shepherds and all that. People that you are accountable to. Someone that asks you, how are you? Did you read your Bible this week? How did this week go? How was this? People that you have a challenge. Sorry, I'm struggling. Or there's this situation. What should I do? My former people, there's this guy that we did 419. And the, the, we, they were to, some money was to come in. Now the guy is calling me to send my account number. So he'll pay in my share. Think all sorts of things. That's where you call. See, is that okay with God? And your disciple will say, no, no, no. Don't send them any account number. Tell them not, not to worry that uh, you have you are born again now. You, you're not interested. That you don't want. You don't yield and say, well, this money will have really helped you. I know what I spent. You dare not collect one naira of that money. That money will stay in your house. The curse of the thief and the liar will activate in your life. And it will consume the timber and the stones. That's what the book of Zechariah says. So years later, when you're going through suffering and pain with your children, you'll be wondering, God, why? It's since I came to know Jesus that this thing, mm -mm, is that stolen money that you have to restitute? Now you have to raise that money and return it. You hunt down that white woman and give her back that money. You don't want such trouble. Who wants that kind of trouble? 14 years after. You don't want it. So resist every temptation the devil pushes you into. Satan is very wicked. If you know him, don't do anything he wants. Don't yield to the moment. Eh, you don't know what I was going through. I don't want to know what you are going through. If you touch that thing, it will explode and destroy your life. Don't touch it. So, if you become a member of this church, you're going to have someone assigned to you like that. When you see people that don't have people like that assigned to them, it means they are not members of this church. And if you see someone that has someone assigned to them like that, but operates how they like, as though they have no family. Hey, when a baby is born, all the family members help carry and take care of the baby. Yes or no? But there's usually someone that has special attention given. That's what happens in the church. The church is a place where you care for your young. If you see someone that has no one caring for them, like most churches have nobody caring. And that's why the children die young. Spiritual children die. We don't run like that. We are trying to be a proper church family. So we take care of our young. Okay? Doesn't matter how old you are. Even if you're 65 years old, you have to have someone that is assisting you. Even all the leaders in this church, they have someone assisting them. I disciple people personally to talk to them. They share things. They confess things. They open up. It is how to survive. It is the absence of that that increases the mortality rate. You want to survive spiritually? Then behave like a normal spiritual child. And you will grow till you become a father. Amen? Amen. Father, do more than we have asked for. Imagine. In the name of Jesus. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org. Oh,